Welcome back to another episode of the Parenting Pathway Podcast. I'm Pastor Dave Carl, and I am joined again by one of my uh, my favorite people, Pastor Steve Fisher. We're doing mentoring today. This is actually part two because we, well, between the two of us, we've never run out of words before. So <laughs> um, this is uh, lapsing over into a part two. And uh, Steve and I are both on staff at the Stonebriar Community Church um, here in Frisco, Texas. And we are ready to dive back in and, and uh, I think solve all problems for all people about anything that has to do with mentoring. Sounds like a plan, Dave. Well, just jumping back in, one of the questions, that, well, I remember talking to really a lot of guys who were probably in their 30s at the time, um, younger than me as when I was asking them. And when we ever got, whenever we got to talking about this topic of, of mentors, they got angry. And their anger was, yeah, where are those guys? They didn't have a mentor. They didn't know where to go to find one. Um, and they were just kind of bonking through life, trying to figure stuff out. And they knew that they would benefit from having a wiser, older guy in their life. Um, but they didn't have one and didn't know what to do about it. And I'm quite certain that a bunch of that stems from not very many people are walking around the planet feeling like, yeah, I think I'm Yoda kind of wise. I think I'm ready to be a mentor now. <laughs> right. And so they never offer themselves up because they don't feel, you know, infinitely smart and wise and that their life is completely put together um, because that's sort of what they're waiting for. And since that will never happen, they will never feel qualified to be a mentor. So I, I think it would be a good place to begin today. Who is qualified to be a Christian mentor? You know, Dave, that's a, um, a topic, uh, again, a subset of, of what we're talking about that I'm, I'm glad you brought up because I, I think it, because when I look at that, I, I, um, I look at it perhaps from both sides of my, my, my brain. Um, a side of me looks at it from a, from a purely academic, for lack of a better word, an academic process. And and you begin to identify traits and characteristics and um, past patterns um, that would uh, qualify you perhaps to, to be a mentor. Um, the mystical side of my brain um, you know, has that, that thought that's often spoken about in recovery programs where when the student is ready, the teacher will show up. Um, that when you're ready to be a mentor, um, you will know because it's, it's a calling and it's a, a persistent enough calling to where not being a mentor can be looked at disobedience at that point. So, so who is qualified to be a mentor? Um, depending upon, and clearly it's not one or the other, it's some um, mashup, so to speak, between some technical academic um, behaviors and practices and trends and patterns. And I do believe, especially within the context of, of 
how we are speaking about mentoring a, a, a spiritual piece, I do believe that there is a mystical quality that those who are in relationship, um, close relationship with their Holy Spirit, um, they will um, undeniably, uh, undeniably kind of feel that push, feel that nudge. Um, and as the Holy Spirit is wont to do, and Dave, you and I have talked about this oftentimes, it's probably a very uncomfortable place, but isn't that the place where the Holy Spirit does his work? He, he pushes us into the uncomfortable place, tells us, I am with you, and, and we are called into that, that space. And that's, you know, throughout scripture, we see, you know, our great patriarchs um, saying they're eminently unqualified, and then, but God's persistent call um, moves them into the place where God wants them. And, and, and without being overly dramatic, I, I think that same, same piece is here. So, so who is qualified to be a mentor? Um, because of the context we're talking about it here is one that is in a, a very close um, re relationship um, with the Holy Spirit. And I would be so absolute, and you may push back on this, that if you don't have that and have not felt that calling, then don't be a mentor. That, that that becomes the sort of gold standard, if you will, to ask yourself, am I ready? If you are absent of that feeling, I don't believe um, it's time for you to be that. It's like that Old Testament thing, you know, when the cloud moved, the people moved. And, and as opposed to when, you know, the people move and then we're saying, come on, cloud, follow me. So, so I think that that is a, the first criteria is that you will have, I believe, a very real prompting from a very real Holy Spirit. Well, I, I like that. I've, I've recently talked to a number of, of guys who are kind of just beginning their recovery process. And I, I, I love that whole recovery the process as a metaphor for the Christian life. It's they're, they're, they're exactly the same. Right. Um, and often I bump into a guy who has just surrendered to God for the first time, has come to recognize he's not in control of his, his life and he needs help. And then he wants, which is the first few steps in, in the 12 step program. And then he wants to jump and start helping other people. Right. Well, that's step 12. Right. So you went from three to 12 or two right. to 12. And um, so I, th I think your, your point is well made, um, though it's, it's brilliant to begin thinking what I'm learning now. I, I, I want to learn how to articulate it so I can share it with someone later. But there, there is... You, you, I, I, I love your idea of the, the calling. If you've not felt a, a pull, um, perhaps, you, you know, you're going to serve the Lord in some other way. Right. But if you have felt the pull, you, I would suggest that you have someone around you mentoring you so that they can help you navigate your stuff so that because when you when you go in into a mentoring and this this would be true for ministry there's so many pitfalls so many of us i would even i would have hazard to say all of us who go into ministry go into it with wrong motives right 
we go into ministry because I, I would like people to admire me, or I would like to go into ministry because I would like to, you know, save some of the knuckleheads around me because they're driving me crazy. Or, you know, it's, it's, it's not the purest of, of motivations. And, and, and Dave, oh. I, I'm sorry, I, I jump, jump on you. I, I think that's a really, really powerful point. And you, it, it makes the case in a sense for, for mentoring because I know in my own life and, and being in the pastorate and the type of pastoring I do for the last 20 years, I've been privileged to sort of have that front row seat and watch that, that the call to ministry going into it um, can be very, very deceptive, yeah. meaning we can perceive we are going into it for what are right and righteous reasons, but without a mentor, without someone alongside of you to refine that and really push on that and challenge that and create you know, um, hypotheticals, what if you begin preaching and two people show up or you begin teaching and, and, and nobody shows up and no one want, does that, is that, is that still the, is that still what you want to do? And is that still part of your calling as opposed to, as you said, we go into it for the wrong reasons and, and, um, mentoring and the ministry in general, um, is a critical piece of discernment in that calling that I, I don't think, I think we would be negligent and we often are negligent by hearing a call and using ourselves as the arbitrator yeah. of, of, of the depth and uh, veracity of that call. That's, that's a perfect spot to have a mentor. And therein lies the problem, isn't it, David? It's, it's like, um, you know, when's the best time to, to, to plant a tree? 20 years ago, when's the second best time? Today, meaning when we have that call, so to speak, or we begin to feel that, and we have typically no one around us to scrub that up against, to iron sharpen iron. And I think we have a lot of people moving into mentorship, perhaps even moving into ministry. Oh, for sure. That, that, that have not yeah. sort of had the right thing around them which is a mentor to, to push into that, to strengthen it because the deception is massive. Yeah. I think in, in the mentoring and in the ministry, well, massive. Unique temptations as you're, yes. as you're moving into ministry or a, a sphere of influence that um, by yourself, you, you're unequipped to, to navigate. So I would say, you know, if we were going to create a short list you should only begin pondering uh, mentoring as a ministry as you have one. That, Very well said. that would be an important piece is, you know, who, who could, should be a Christian mentor, someone who has a mentor. Um, I would say perhaps number two, because we're talking not about banking mentors or this is, this is pursuing Jesus mentor right. someone who you need to have a growing love for god and the humility to be vulnerable yeah. and be known that was a longer sentence than i had intended it to be but there's there's two or three things in there right. to have a, a growing love for god is it is not an accessory that's prerequisite 
Yeah. And, and I would say that, that, that to not leave that as a um, sort of an esoteric or existential discussion, yeah. but I would even say that you have tangible sort of evidence or tangible marks that you perhaps are even walking with a limp that you have um, uh, been uh, broken and you have cried out and, and done all of the things that we do initially when God breaks us. And, and we should have um, been able then to, to see the redemption in our own breaking and the redemption, not for the power or the strength, but for the absolute relationship building that occurs in a, in a broken and thus reconciled and redeemed relationship with God. Meaning we should be able to say, this is, this is a story that is undeniable, that I, I, I see the pattern that God has walked through. I, I thought I could do it without him. I was broken. Yeah. I wandered. I was lost. I tried everything and it didn't work. And then God brought this person and this circumstance and this around me. They helped me understand things. And I am now stronger, even though I walk with a limp, I can see the role. And you know what? The, you know, the one another in scriptures are massive throughout the New Testament. Yeah. Yeah. And, and then you are called into, okay, as I have been comforted, I want to comfort others now. Comfort being a, a loose description of, of mentoring at that particular point. And so, so I think one of those items on the short list is a, is a market experience of a process that you have been involved in, in some shape, form, or fashion that says, huh, I, I've grown in the midst of this, and it's because of this. And ultimately, it's the relationship with Jesus Christ that, that grows us. So on that short list, you should be able to discuss not, as I said, existentially or, or metaphorically, but pragmatically. Yeah. You know, you, you should have that. Yeah, I, I like that. I think the next the next piece, and, and I'll just take kind of a long parenthetical here <clears throat> to illustrate the point. The the guy who should not be a mentor would be a guy who thinks I've really accomplished some stuff as a Christian and I wanna show somebody how to do what I did because I figured I hacked the system or I, I'm so great now I'm gonna teach somebody. You don't want that guy. Right. You want the guy who has, who's characterized by humility yep. and um, as opposed to, I'm gonna tell you how to get to where I am it's I, as a, as a mentor, I'm going to be vulnerable to my mentee and I want him to know what really is inside of me because that's going to prove to him that I'm open to knowing what's inside of him and I'm going to love him anyway. But yeah. it's up to me to make that first move. Yeah, it, it's that, that um, pastoral guidance truth that's, that says... Um, I have to know all about me to make it not about me. Uh, Meaning I have to know myself well enough, which in the Lord will always create humility 
to be able to make it not about me. I mean, if I still don't know about myself and my strengths, my weaknesses, my limitations, my temptations, my, my history, my, my comings and goings with people and, and with the Lord, I have to have that understood because that's the only way that I can then be humble enough to make it not about me. And I, I think that is, uh, again, a gold standard if, if you're a mentee and the mentor is, is really all about them, yeah. run. Don't even walk, run That's away. Toxic. That's toxic. And I, I experienced, I gained this from Eugene Peterson. Um, I, I read, oh, there were several of his that I read close together, so I can't recall the exact one. Um, five smooth stones, perhaps, but it's on, pen, on pastoring. And he described, and these are not his exact words, but it was pastoring is pointing to God, and then you go home. Mm, well, it's, that's good. It's not, my job is to change my congregation or even change this, this young man that I'm having breakfast with once a month. My job is not to change him. Because if I change him, I'm, I don't know about you, I would take all the credit. <laughs> Absolutely. And well, that's a great point, Dave. And if, and if he blows up, if this kid bursts into flames and just does all kinds of damage, I'm wrecked because I failed. Because I, I took on a responsibility that I should not have taken on. My job is not to change anybody because that just attaches them to me. My yeah. job as a pastor and a mentor is to point to God. And if they look or not, I've, I've fulfilled my responsibility in ministry. I've pointed them toward God and now I get to go home and not worry about it. Right. And, and Dave, the, the shadow side of that um, dynamic that, that, that you just articulated where <clears throat> if, if they blow up or they go on fire, um, then I feel responsible. Yeah. The real shadow side of that would be a statement like, well, he just didn't do what I told him to do. Yeah. And, and absolutely a um, disregard. Um, that, that's even worse. You know, the, the burden where I failed is, is crushing. But sadly, there are stories where essentially the, the mentor, when the mentee blew up, the mentor simply says, well, he didn't follow what I told him to do. And there you go. If, if, if you make it about yourself, yeah. you, you either have two sides, either one, you're crushed that you're that, that he failed for lack of a better word, or the other side is an absolute narcissism and arrogance. Well, he didn't do what I told him to do. Of course he failed. Yep. I've done, and, and, I've done all of that. Yep. And those are just tragic. The only answer I love what Peterson said, and, and thank you for um, re-bringing that, is to point to God. I mean, even our senior pastor here, um, Chuck Swindoll, you know, essentially says his job when he stands up is to point to God. Yeah. And, and that, that's a very, very, and, and I think that, you know, the spiritual mentoring Obviously, that's what differentiates itself from banking or insurance mentoring or some other kind of mentoring, where that mentoring, yes, there is a character element to it, but it's, it is about 
what can the mentor teach the mentee? When it's a spiritual mentorship, it's pointing to the one who does all instruction, the one who does the change. Yeah, I, I would, and perhaps we're jumping ahead, but I would say a, a, a properly done choreographed mentorship is eventually the kid doesn't need me anymore. Absolutely. And, you know, breakfast is expensive and he's just decided to, you know, he's, <laughs> he's following Jesus now in a way he wasn't before and he's ready to move on. That, that would be ideal. And, and in, in, that, in that course of ready to move on, ready to move on from you, because even though I, I think our continual walk, it, it, meaning your season in his life may be over, now he moves on to, to another mentor at that particular point. And that's the other, I think, critical piece of what a good mentor has to believe is that you are blessed for a season uh-huh. and that you are not, this is not a job. This is not, it is a calling that you've been called into this person's life for a season. And, and that's good enough. Yeah. And, and that, that the wisdom to say, I think it's time for you to go on to Another, it's never that they go on without a mentor. I think in, in the definition that we have, there's always a one another walking alongside of us, yes. pointing us to Jesus. But my particular role may only be for a season. You know, and, and, and as a counselor, that, that's, that's been hard. My own ego has gotten involved in that where, you know, I'll work with them and all of a sudden they go to this guy, Pastor Dave Carl's Sunday night man cave. And all of a sudden they're making all kinds of, huge improvements and I'm going, well, what was I chop liver there, I guess. And they made all this. And, but when I step back on, that's the way it's supposed to work. That's exactly the way it's supposed to work. And that's good. I I think a good like indicator light on your dashboard is if you start feeling like this, this kid is my kid, this, this is mine. The red light should go on your dashboard telling you to pull over because something is wrong. Well said. And, well uh, said, Dave. And I've done that, you know, I'm an expert at all of the downsides of all of this. <laughs> Aren't we all, Dave? So, it keeps us humble. <laughs> so if, you've, if, if someone perhaps listening has never been a mentor, but has felt the call and is moving toward Jesus and, and has perhaps even some guy in his sphere of influence who has indicated that he's interested, what what does this relationship look like? Because it's, it's not very common in our evangelical world. So I, you know, I would like for people to not go out and have to invent the wheel. Um, so what does this relationship, a mentor-mentee relationship look like? Yeah, so um, the, the I, I, I'm trying, I'm struggling with, uh, sort of a starting place. And, and, and perhaps it's like the, this is perhaps a bad metaphor, Dave, and, and you can correct it. It's like sort of the junior high dance where do you want to dance or do you want to dance with me? I mean, yeah. Yeah. there's this uncertain, but yet real opportunity where someone you, we pray has the leaning into, and perhaps it is even, I don't know if it, there's a right or wrong start, but someone asked the question, hey, I've been thinking, you know, about a concept of, of a mentor. 
Um, and, and they someone has to begin the conversation, whether it's the mentee who kind of sees this guy, feels this guy, and is bold enough to say, hey, Dave, I don't know if you've ever been a mentor, but, and then kind of unpacks that. Or it can equally start from the, the mentor standpoint who, who sees this guy and says, you know, I, I, I've been praying and, and you've been on my mind and I, I'm, I'm going to ask you, is this, would you be interested in this relationship? So, so describing it, you know, the beginning stages is, is an awkward dance that I think is a function of the calling and the boldness Yep. That ultimately, you know, we have to have. And then once it gets established, then then you begin. I think there's a, um, a, a you know, that that forming stage. Okay, what is it going to look like? Um, you know, we're going to meet together. Um, perhaps it starts with once a week. Perhaps it, you know, that we talked about last time where. There has to be a presence. There has to be an availability. So once a week, um, you know, uh, kind of what it's not, maybe, you know, it's it's not a, everything we talked about. It's not for me to tell you what to do or for you to expect me to tell you what to do. Uh, I think it begins with sort of telling the story and I would counsel that the mentor leads yeah. That the mentor has a degree of maturity in theory, that they would be the one who would lead and said, you know, here, here, here's part of my story and here's part of how God has moved in my life. And, you know, these are some things that, that he's been asking me to do. Um, so so I, I do think it's a burden on the mentor versus the mentee. Um, I, I, I think it, it begins with, um, an absolute commitment to, to pray what it is that this relationship could look like and to hold it loosely. But you begin talking and you begin talking about the thing you know best, and that is you. And, and you begin to make sure that all of that is bathed powerfully in prayer. I would even suggest that the mentor, and this is kind of next level, but the mentor has someone that, I know when I was first starting out counseling, I had a counselor that was counseling me. Okay, I've got this guy. Yeah. And, and he was my kind of go-to touch point. So if you're a new mentor, I would hope you will have someone who's pouring into you. Mm-hmm while you were pouring into someone else at, at that point. It gets complicated, but does that roadmap make sense? Oh yeah, I mean, cause you, you are inevitably, and I, I still have this, a, a guy will tell me something I'm not ready for. Right, I've almost heard, invariably that happens, right. I've never heard that before. I don't even know how to respond and I, I need, well, I usually come to you, but I, I you know, you need somebody you can go to to say, I was just blown away Thursday. I kind of kept a straight face, I hope, and I didn't mean to freak him out by not knowing how to respond, but how do I respond? And yep. um, so I, I, I have thought, and as I talked at the beginning of this, you know, the young guys were mad. Where are the old guys that should be mentoring us? And 
I mean, the, the common conclusion was, well, I guess they're out golfing or, you know, <laughs> doing something instead of mentoring me. And I used to feel like it, if you just kind of hang out at church or whatever, eventually some older, wiser guy is going to come up and put his hand on your shoulder and say, young man, you remind me a lot of me when I was your age. And I, mm. would, I would like to pour my life into yours a little bit. And in fact, I'd like to buy you breakfast. <laughs> that's what I was hope. That's what I was waiting for. Well, anyone who knows Dave Carl knows he's the consummate storyteller. And that sounds like a, a wonderful story that you would write, right, Dave? <laughs> it just doesn't happen very often. <laughs> so I, I remember, and I've heard it now because I've, I've been around Chuck Swindoll most of my adult life. And he's told this story many times when he got to seminary as a young man, he was so impressed with Professor Hendricks. Mm. And he just decided, I have got to be around this guy as much as I possibly can. And he pestered the poor man. He's like, <laughs> can we go to lunch? And he says, well, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm booked for you. Okay. And next week, he'd, could, he, just, he just was around so much that eventually there was a, a, a moment where Prof. Hendricks said, well, I'm, I've got a speaking engagement this weekend. Do you want to come along? Hmm. And Chuck was so excited. He carried Prof. Hendricks' suitcase. <laughs> Just, I mean, he got to be in the car. He got to, I don't know if they flew, uh, whatever. But he right. pestered the poor guy until he gave in. Huh. And they made, they, they became dear right. friends. And, and Chuck, who's in his 80s, still talks about Prof. Hendricks, who's in heaven, as a guiding light and a mentor and just an enormous influence in his life. But it was because the younger guy went after the older guy. And there I, you go. I, I think, you know, in recovery circles, you talk about you take care of your side of the street. Well, that's, that's my side. I, I can go pester a guy. That's, that's my, in my control. Right. So, I, I think the reality is the best way to get into a mentor-mentee relationship is to find an older guy that you've been watching and sure. notice that he treats his wife really well. You've, you've heard him teach or pray or his, his kids are like, I want my kids to be like his kids. Um, and then you, you go after him. Sure. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little, I've got a lot of questions. You may not have all the answers, but I think you have a few and I would like to buy you a McDonald's breakfast this next week. Right. That, that's controllable. I, I could launch that kind of a relationship. Right. Um, and the guy, you know, just to get you prepared, the guy is probably not going to feel worthy and he's right. going to try to talk his way out of it because he's never maybe done it before or, but push, push through. Yep. And if you have a couple of egg McMuffins with the guy and you realize, okay, I took two sessions and I got all of the wisdom he had. It wasn't as much as I thought. Well then fine. That's, that's great. But it, it, you know, it's interesting, Dave. I absolutely um agree with with that perspective about a younger guy kind of identifying someone um that's my side of the street i can control that move forward 
Um, I'm also going to take sort of the other side of that and, and create it. Maybe I'm idealizing it, but um, we are um, have launched a, a Bible study for seniors, um, the six essentials of growing old biblically. And it is, after I've gone through that, it is an undeniable, scripturally supported sort of responsibility. As I grow old, this is a thing that God says you need to do. Meaning, somehow, as we grow older, our world and culture is supposed to shrink us, or we allow it to shrink us. I deserve this. It's my time now. All of those little colloquial sayings or, or, or things that we do. And quite frankly, that is absolutely, this Bible study really opened my eyes about what it means to grow old biblically. And I would go so far and be so bold to say that growing old biblically, in, in a sense, is a mandate to become a mentor, to pass it on, to leave a legacy, to, to step into that space where we should not have any of our our seniors and, and pick that 50 and above, we'll pick the number, but that should be an understood yeah. life curriculum that it's not even any, any question. We just sort of, well, this is what we do. That would be this is, this is the next, fr- that, that yeah. becomes, yeah. that would be just a beautiful dynamic representation of how God says we are supposed to one another on this earth. Because the system's broken, I do agree with you, Dave, that, that, that it, it probably is the mentee's requirement, for lack of a better word, to go find them. But that when you were sharing that, absolutely correct, but, but it broke my heart because yeah. Yeah. It, it is not, you know, uh, the way it's supposed to be. Oh. That I should, I'm 63, it should just be what I do as much as I go to church on Sundays, I should have this. Yeah. I've got some son-in-laws, which I am humbled and blessed to have that. But no one of some life experience, you know, if they are walking according to God's plan in scripture, should not recognize this, this is what I have to do and continue to be blessed. I, I agree. Culturally, man, we are all about, it's, it's an interesting paradox because as we go old, God is saying, give it away. Show me more, less of me, more of you, God. Culturally, it's now it's about me now. Yeah. Yeah. I've done my work. I've done my things. Anyway, well, that, 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 that was just a bonus. In lieu of that kind of training and preparation, I, I don't know how many years ago, it could have been 15 years ago, our, our church, recognizing this need and, and the value of that kind of relationship, they tried to do a, you know, a, a Yenta thing and let's set up some mentors with some mentees. Right. And, and we put out a, you know, sign up here if you would like to be a mentor and sign up here if you want to be a mentee. And we got hundreds of mentees and like three mentors so yeah the whole thing collapsed in on itself we couldn't we couldn't do it yeah so that was that was what it just felt like kind of a reality but best to be getting training and to train people because 
this is this is really imperative. Yeah, I I think I think the the, the church suffers because it's not in well, it's a general rule. If, if you are not walking in accordance to God's design, um, you, you suffer, um, uh, and everyone suffers from that. It's just it is an interesting phenomenon, Dave. Um, that that I pray those who are hearing this podcast that that God is speaking into their heart, either from a mentee saying, you know, I, I, I do need someone. I, I, it isn't right for me to walk along here alone. Um, and from a mentor standpoint, perhaps um, they begin to recognize maybe it's time for me to step into this. Yeah. And, you know, I know you would, and I would love to talk to anybody yeah. who says, you know, I'm feeling this is this just a bad burrito or is it, is it really something I'm feeling here? Right. You know? Well, and to, to back to the kind of the tactical stuff, what does a relationship like this look like? You could absolutely, and I've done this. I, I, I started meeting with a young guy 10, I don't know, a long time ago. And we did a, a McDonald's breakfast and we each paid for our own. And we did it for years um, and that was the best case scenario, um, but sometimes schedules don't allow. So maybe it's a monthly, but right. I, would, I would recommend a regular thing because it will just end if you don't make it a regular thing. Correct. Um, I would suggest that it would be mutually beneficial because it's mm -hmm. a relationship. And if you are both open, you will both benefit. Um, so that would be... I think a sign of a of a well functioning mentor mentee is you're you're learning from each other. Correct, absolutely. Um, I have had the impulse to mentor a younger younger guy, but mostly because he's driving me crazy. <laughs> right. And I would really like to shake him like a rag doll and tell him to knock it off. That's right. I, I'm not the guy for him. Right. I, I think the tool of choice in a mentor as, as a mentor to my mentee is the, the tool you use most often is encouragement. No question about it, Dave. Absolutely. As, as opposed to like, Oh my gosh, you did it again. I thought we talked about this. That's, yeah. that's just a whooping. And most of us can, you know, we can go back to our family of origin and get that. We don't. Yeah, the, the, the world is full of voices, not the least of which our own, that tells us what we are doing wrong. Yeah. There, there's not a lack of, of a critical voice. And like I said, it's either family of origin, it's my own voice, or someone else. What people are thirsty for or hungry for is, you hit it, is encouragement, yeah. truthful encouragement, but encouragement. You're right. And, and occasionally you need to say, I, well, and you know, I can toss it off on Chuck Swindoll. He told the story of, again, Professor Prof Hendricks um, had, he, Chuck and Cynthia had them over for dinner in their little dorm apartment that they were, you know, going to seminary and living in at the time. And they had a lovely evening and there was laughter and food. And I don't know if it was that night or later in the week when Prof Hendricks told Chuck, and Chuck has told the story many times, Prof Hendricks told him, you have such a good sense of humor. And Chuck was just glowing like, oh, thank you, thank you. And he says, but last night you were using 
um, it at your wife's expense. You were using yeah. her as the butt of your jokes. And huh. from this guy that you love and admire to hear something like that, that's not encouraging. That's, that's a, you know, you got to pull that knife out yourself. Mm -hmm. But this is what a, occasionally a mentor will do. Yeah. Um, and it, it altered Chuck's marriage. Um, it, was, it was so needed. And there was nobody else on the planet who was going to say anything like that to Chuck. So, you, you know, it strikes me there is that I, I know I have a tendency, perhaps one of the qualities of a, of a mentor is, again, that humility, that knowing yourself that you don't use a whole lot of words, meaning you, you listen more, but your words are surgical in a sense. Wow. That, that example, I, I envision it being where, where, you know, Chuck and his way, using a lot of words, talking, talking, Dr. Hendricks kind of listening, kind of listening, and then surgically saying the thing, as you said, only he could say. But here is, here's the exact spot. So, so the mentor, yes. again, it's consistent. What we've been saying is humility, having the right relationship with God, knowing yourself and not using you know, a whole bunch of words to be able to speak surgically into um, something that no one else could do. And, and that requires listening and listening requires humility. That's a great, great story. A great mentor, mentee yeah. example. Yeah. Perfect. Well, and I, I think there are even types of relationships as this might take some of the pressure off of, of people. And, and we've been talking a lot of guy mentor to guy mentee, but this is all applicable to women. And right. I, I think, and I've done, I've done these different styles for different people, but there's a kind of a coaching um, and it's, it's, it's kind of more tactical, like, like you need to stop whatever you need to stop drinking before you know you can progress you need to stop hitting yourself in the head with a hammer before you can grow there's there's stuff like that and maybe that's one guy and that's that's his mentoring ministry mm -hmm. and, and another step up would be more of a casual unofficial counseling where i i'm i've noticed that you always push back when anybody asks you a personal question. And so that's just kind of how you navigate relationships, um, mm -hmm. perhaps level. And that could be, again, not even an official mentoring, but um, sort of a casual. And then there's a spiritual friendship, which I, you and I, we kind of take right. care of each other. Correct. Um, and then there's the spiritual direction, which mm -hmm. is a trained person who is devoted entirely to help me move closer to God in my, um, after my years of pursuing God. And so it's not, you don't do spiritual direction out of the gate. There's, there's kind of steps that you take and different people perhaps that you need at different times. And, um, you could step in at any one of those levels for a season and be of immense help to somebody. Right. Right. And I, I have benefited from those stages from, from different, from different men. There's, there's guys 
that changed my life and they don't even know it. They so so I, I would would you concur kind of what as you walk through this, one of the things that I, I think we've talked about, but because of the different layers that you so aptly described, there should be a sort of a maybe too hard of a word, but an understanding, if not an expectation between the two. So if, if one is in the relationship expecting it to be spiritual direction or counseling, but it's more coaching, you've got to be able to, to have that understanding of, okay, where are we and why are we doing this? You've got to be able to at least give it some shape and form, recognizing that it can change. And But but I think what happens is when there's 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 misalignment here, and, and that happens a lot, I think, Dave, in our roles. You know, my role here at the church, I, I'm a pastor. It may have been trained a counselor, but but people come in expecting counseling, and one of the first things I have to do is, is differentiate between my job as a pastor, and I'm happy to refer you to a counselor, and it can be both and. There's yeah. nothing wrong with having a counselor and a pastor, but one of the first things I find really important is to make sure they understand what this is about. And, and I've learned that just simply by massively disappointing people and, and hurting them, wounding them yeah. by that recklessness on my part. And, and so, you know, that's another point that the mentor has to recognize that there is a opportunity to wound. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, dramatically in that. And, and when there's a, a vulnerability that's established and um, that's, again, why we have to be tethered to another person, why we have to be tethered to our Lord, um, because there's a recklessness that can occur. And part of it is not understanding what is going on at that McDonald's breakfast. Well, well, good point. Absolutely. Um, I think some, some perhaps tips on being a mentor, because if you've never been one and you don't have one, which you should go find, um, this, this might be helpful. It, it would have been helpful at the beginning for me. Um, but because in the context that we're talking about today is that we are being a, a, a spiritual mentor, our, the purpose of this kind of mentorship is not to get anybody to be more like me, heaven help us. It's to help a young man, or if you're a woman, to help a young woman to become more like Christ. Yes. That, that's the ultimate target. That's what you should, and you should both talk about that. You should know that that's exactly right. You both agree that that's what you're after. Um, therefore, that, that mentor needs to be a praying mentor. Yeah. And um, because this is a spiritual exercise, this is not, yeah. we're not just trying to get you to be able to bench 250. And that's all this. Right. I want you to love Jesus more when we're done than you did when we began. That would be a good mentorship. And it goes back much of what we said in, in that, in that first um, podcast, Dave, where we talked about that, the divine formula where um, that acrostic is, is D is, is the dependence on, on God. That, that's, that's a necessary piece. And then the, the I, the, the intentionality is what we were talking about. We have to know what's happening here. We have to be intentional at it. 
at that explanation. Um, then the V, you and I have been talking about that uh, on this, po uh, this podcast, the vulnerability. So we have to be a praying, depending on God, intentional, vulnerable. And I think um, the next I is that humility. It's that introspective. I've got to know about myself to create that humility. And then the N, we've talked about nearness, meaning a frequency, you know, once a week, once a month, but, but it can't be um, something that is um, sort of catch can when just, just non-discussed, you know, it, it, it has to be near. Um, and then the last one, what we talked about, uh, the encouragement is, is enthusiasm. So that divine formula for being a mentor, depending on God, being intentional, being vulnerable, being introspective, being near and being encouraging or enthusiastic you know, if you're feeling that, if that's where God is placing you, then um, go find somebody, <laughs> you know, because yeah. there's somebody out there, I'm convinced there's somebody out there wanting that and needing that. Oh, yes. Yes. The need is, yeah, the need is great. Um, uh, to, to continue this and to overlay it on your divine, your actor which is fabulous, your acrostic, um, you, you, you get, as a mentor, you get to break up with your mentee if it's not well said. Yep. There could be a, oh, I don't know, I committed to this kid and we're in four months and I don't, I genuinely don't even like this guy and what he wants, I don't have and I, he won't listen to anything I have to, or he doesn't show up half the time. You, you get to say, you know what, let's just, let's take a break. Um, and if you are interested, you contact me um, after, after a bit and we can, you know, sort of renegotiate our contract. Um, you, you do get to break up with a mentee that's not working out. That's speaking the truth in love, right? I mean, yeah. it, it yeah. just is, and that's avoiding being reckless because it's reckless to lead them on and it's dangerous for your soul to remain in that circumstance you know that because you become bitter and hard and crusty and yes you may say things that are are harmful and yes. the devil would just love to tee that up all predicated on a well i made a commitment to the kid and yeah if it's not working out you get to break up with him so i'll say and do that do that wisely but and well and i would suggest let him contact you if he's interested in starting and right. re-upping. And as a mentee, um, I, I think that's also true that if you feel like, of course. man, if, um, if I don't go see Dave again, he's, he's a leader in the church or whatever it may be, or it's a beating going anytime. And quite frankly, I'm just telling him what he wants to hear. You should care enough about that and say, you know, it's just not working from, his end either. Absolutely. So Absolutely. I, 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 think, I think that's a point well taken, Dave. So tips on being a mentee. Um, I, I would suggest that you're ready for a mentor when you are frustrated with who you are right now. Like, I like you're that. No, you're no longer comfortable with the way things are going for you. 
and you yep. may not know what to do next. And you are, you know, from on the spectrum to my life is absolutely unmanageable. Yeah. And that is God's movement on you saying you are, you are in need of help and you should find it. I think that's that that's that theory of change that um, secular psychology or sociology talks about that people only change when they're uncomfortable enough to change. And that level of uncomfortableness with who you are um, is exactly what you just said. And that that's that's a time where change is most um, uh, profitable. Um, and, and so I, I think that that's that, that's great counsel when you're just uncomfortable with who you are. Well, and you could misinterpret that moment, which is another reason why it's good to have people around. Because if my life is becoming unmanageable and I don't like who I am, I don't like the way my life is operating, I'm embarrassed by that. And there's an yeah. instinctive recoil. Like I certainly can't go tell anybody what a mess I am now. I've got to get myself better before yeah. I talk to someone. You, you've you've misinterpreted the moment, right? And um, some guys do that over and over and over until they're you know they've burst into flames, and they're really not asking anymore. They're just screaming, and people come running. But how much better if five years earlier he'd have just gone into a pastor or a wise friend sure. and said, you know what, I'm confused because the stuff I've been doing is just eating my lunch and I, I don't understand that that would yeah, be it's hard it's it's hard to learn how to swim when you've fallen in the deep end that's not the time yeah to, to learn how to swim another one is it is an honor to have a mentor and treat it as such I've I've Perfect. seen friends of mine mentoring a young guy and the young guy shows up every so often to a, an agreed meeting you, you show up every time or you call the guy and say, I'm sorry, I can't make it, but you don't just not show. This, this is an honor and you need to respect his time, the mentor's time, and just be so grateful that he's willing to pour into you, that you meet when he wants to, you where he wants, you, you just you are ready to carry his suitcase on a trip if that's what it takes. Right. Um, and we talked about vulnerability from both sides. You've got to be having, setting up a mentor relationship and then not telling him who you are. Yeah. Would be like going to the ER with a gunshot wound and telling them right. I'm, I'm suffering from a stiff neck. Right. I mean, right. Why would you lie in the emergency room? Well, yeah, and, and it happens on the counselor side. I mean, people will pay good money to a counselor and never really tell them what's going on. And that just, to me, identifies the, the massive fear that we are all carrying around with. Because yeah. you're right, it doesn't make common sense. I'm going to pay you $100 to not tell you what's really wrong so that you feel better. That, that's that's a, a real wicked um, uh, ployed by by the enemy. Hey, Dave, what do you think about this? There's there's uh, there's that that true theory 
that you can't help anyone until they're ready to be helped. So on one side, the mentee, I would say, okay, what's a criteria of a mentee? Well, they have to be ready. Uh-huh. But, and that's true, but there's also the piece where let's say um, I'm getting maybe counsel because if, sometimes if I'm ready, I'm such a blockhead or I'm so arrogant that I don't even know. So, so there's that place where, let's say you tell me, Steve, I, I think you, you'd benefit from a mentor. You know, you, you would be helpful. And, and am I willing to listen? It's enough to go, okay, I respect Dave. And he said that, I don't think I'm ready, but maybe I need to at least try that out. So, so there's, this, there's this tension. I think, again, I do believe the fact that, that um, you have to want a mentor for it to really work, but there's that place where sometimes we're so far away from knowing that it really helps to have somebody, and you need to listen if you're a mentee, need to listen if someone says, hey, you could really, you could benefit from a little, a little guidance here, buddy. You are way out of bounds. And, and I, you know, some hearts are just, yeah, I'm fine. I don't need that until they're in the deep water, I think is what you were alluding to before. So yeah. that's always a tough one too. You know, what, you know, first question, a mentor, why are you here? What do you want? A, a mentor should ask a mentee. That is the great well, question. What do you want? Yeah. Well, what, what are we here for? Well, Dave told me to come. Yeah. Why do you think that? Yeah, you know? great reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so, but yet, okay, they're here as a mentor. So, so you've got to. It could be a beginning. It could be a beginning. Correct. It could be correct. Yeah. No, I've, I have gotten to guys too soon. Right. And it just annoys everybody. Right. They don't want it. They don't like it. They maybe their wife has encouraged them to do a thing that they don't want to do, and they. And that's usually where it, where it happens. A spouse, male or female, yeah. A spouse tells them you should go get a mentor. You know that's truthful, perhaps, but it it's not a great way to start. You do need to be you do need to be ready, and I've yeah. an advice as a mentor to not get to a guy too soon. If he won't return your email or your call, if he won't show up, it's, it's too soon. Yep, let, I think you're right. Let him reach out to you when he's ready because it will be a wholly different experience at that point. Right. Well, we probably need to close up today. And uh, so mentoring and being mentored are extremely important relationships and, and we should all be engaged ideally not in just one or the other but in both right both have a mentor and be a mentor um and learning to become more like christ it's it's confusing at times and often and always actually against our sin nature which is you know i don't want to do a thing that's going to really benefit me but if i had an older guy say son this is exactly the right thing to do that would be so helpful Eva, I, I think you, uh, before we leave this, I, I, I really, I'd love to make this, this point and, and you highlighted it so well that if we could change the arc of the conversation to be, this is an honor. Yeah. 
this is a privilege. Right now, I think the mentor-mentee relationship is based upon pathology. There's something wrong that needs to be fixing. And that's the case for all of us, but it, it still seems sometimes that there's a problem that's needing to be fixed. If the arc of the conversation, the biblical conversation could be such that this is what we do and this is a great honor and joy I, I think the, the, the conversation, the receptivity, the, the depth becomes richer and fuller. And that's what I hope we can do with this podcast is to normalize it, to create it's an honor. This is a, a growing opportunity, not just you're jacked up, you need to find someone, or you're so smart, or you're so old, you need to tell someone, you know, the, to move it from that um, set of thoughts and constructs to one you used a beautiful word honor it is an honor it absolutely is an honor yeah well and and so 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 christian historically yes. traditionally um it's it's we are called to be in relationship as we become more like christ and this is a an ideal construct for that to occur and and i hope by our taking this time today and the time hopefully that people have taken to, to listen in would be encouraged to, to be one and to find one um, because it's, it's really, I'm not, I'm not sure, you're gonna be stunted moving toward Christ without it. it it's just, it's perfect. I'd be that bold. I agree with you, Dave. Yeah. Well, Steve, thanks for being with me again on a Parenting Pathway podcast. Um, if you listening in, if you have any questions on this topic or any others um, of a previous podcast, uh, let me give you Steve's home number. <laughs> okay, well, better, better yet, um, let me give you our email, which would be parentingpathwayblog at stonebriar.org. And we are here to walk with you in this amazing occasionally confusing and sometimes terrifying journey of Christian parenting. So as we sign off, I want to remind you one more time, don't do parenting and don't do life alone. Thanks, Steve. Thanks, Dave. <laughs>